0: hi ladies and gentlemen boys and girls man welcome to the big broadcast with your host of the most man that's me man big baby j big stuff welcome 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 i have a special guest in the building kaya is out here talk to the people come on now
1: hey everyone it's nice to be here um thanks for inviting me
0: absolutely absolutely and funny enough When it comes to even doing podcasts, she actually gave me some guidance, some mentorship a little bit. Uh, This was maybe about a year ago, and I was interested in pods because uh, she used to host a very, very good one, Not All Millennials podcast. And I used Mm. to listen to that back in the day, man. So tell us about your journey, man. And uh, yeah, talk to the people, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, I used to have my own podcast called Not All Millennials. I mean, I guess I still technically have it. It exists. You can still listen to it. It's on all platforms, but I'm moving on to uh, creating a new podcast now that I'm kind of in a different place in my life. Um, but the quick notes about me, I guess I would describe myself as pretty much a, a writer with a law degree, uh, which is to say that I have my law degree, um, but I'd prefer to kind of focus on creative pursuits. So I write uh, for my job um, and I do content creation. Um, I've got my own company. It's called Ugh Whatever Media. Um, And I do all types of content for different businesses and pretty soon I'll be producing my own content, including this podcast that I'll be working on in the future. But I'm very happy after, I think it's been like, Almost a year since I've done a podcast. So I'm super excited to be on this one. And I completely forgot that we talked about you starting a podcast. Like, I yeah, yeah, we had in-depth conversations.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, man. And you know, the thing is, right, here in this podcast, man, interesting conversations, controversial conversations, but needed ones, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, yo, yo, there's so many pods out there, right? How do you stand out? We talk about that real ish over here let's be honest man and there's not a lot of that going on these days right so you know i just thought i'd invite kaya along and you know get to know her perspectives her point of views and of course you're definitely going to hear mine (laughs) so (laughs) we're going to start out with that but something that's really been in the news and we're not going to do spoilers right but we're going to talk about it you know uh the woman king right Mm -hmm. now i'll give you all some background Woman King, uh, Viola Davis movie uh, that talks about the uh, the homie people of Western Africa and their uh, female-led military group, uh, which is led by uh, uh, Viola Davis and a string of actually uh, big stars uh, in uh, in this movie, right? And how they protect their land. It deals with you know slave trade. It deals with you know, uh, you know, a lot of deep topics, right? Now, just give y'all some notice. I watched the movie. Kai hasn't watched the movie. She'll probably watch it soon, but we're going to discuss the things around it, right? Now, for me, I'm going to give my personal review. I think it was a good movie, Mm -hmm. right? I'll probably give it maybe 8.5 out of 10. But I will say this. There's been a lot of controversy surrounding it, right? Now, for me, I think the controversy is overblown until you watch the movie, but I also think it's kind of granted or warranted. So kaya what's kind of the controversy surrounding the movie from your point of view or at least what you've seen because I've seen a few controversies surrounding it.
1: Yeah, so I you know I haven't like read super in depth about it. Um, but the the controversy that I kind of became aware of was that I guess the tribe that this movie is about uh, yeah. were pretty instrumental in the slave trade, and at some point, um, were even asked to stop and kind of refused to stop. Um so, yeah, oh, man, it's it's which which adds like an interesting layer, But what I will say is when I was reading a lot of the controversy on Twitter, it was a lot of people who didn't actually watch the movie that were up in arms about it. So it's interesting hearing your rating because I I sometimes wonder if we just... I, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Let's just start there before I ramble about my thoughts.
0: You know, okay. So I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Now, it's super... Okay, if you saw the trailer, right, and then you actually walked into the movie theater... You'd be surprised. Why do I say that? I'll say that, say it like this, because it's not as feminist or as super woman empowering as it they make it seem. Even the title is a bit of a troll in a way. <laughs> it's gonna like <laughs> yeah. it's so hard for me not to spoil this-ish, bruh, but it's a <laughs> bit of a troll. But I will say this. They, if you look at, like, the history of this Western African nation, the Dahomey people, Mm -hmm. yeah, they did a lot of slave trade. They perpetuated that, and they were big in slave trading. And then, if you look at at Twitter, especially Black Twitter, right, there's a big movement called the the FBAs. I don't know if you ever heard of this, right?
1: No, I don't. I haven't heard of it before,
0: no. Yes. It's called uh, Foundational Black Americans, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, Another one, which another acronym called the ADOS, called American Descendants of Slavery. And they're a group of Americans who really do not like immigrants, especially uh, African immigrants. And they don't like them. They were actually boycotting the woman king because it dresses up, uh, you know, uh, West African nations as heroes as, you know, anti, you know, is people who are liberators, right? Like, if you peep the trailer, you're thinking, okay, yo, they're against slavery. But no, they're slavers, bro. Like, they perpetuate it. And you see it in the movie, but this doesn't go as hard as you think it should go. Mm-hmm. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So, Kaya, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about, like, maybe a movie that looked one way through trailers and actually went the opposite way. What do you think? Have you ever seen something like that? Because Woman King plays with that a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I mean, I think trailers are trailers are interesting because, you know, they, they tend to show you, like, the the best parts of the movie. I almost sometimes don't want right. to watch trailers, especially when it comes to comedies lately. I feel like they put all the good jokes in the trailer, and then I'm like, oh, I'm here, and <laughs> the only good ones I've already seen already. Um, so I think... I, I, Yeah, I I think that a lot of people, hmm, I think we're we're used to having the answers in front of us really easily, so looking at a trailer and feeling like you can kind of make a judgment about what a movie's going to be before you see it, like, I can understand why a lot of people are in that position, and then, of course, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the subject of this film, so that kind of layers on top of people are kind of going to make the connections they want to make. Um... But what Mm -hmm. I will say about the movie and just something that I was thinking of as you were talking was I, you know, people may be against the movie or maybe against supporting it. I, I question people who don't want to face history like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I would feel different if this was like an entirely fictional story, but um, it's... I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel a little bit weird because it's like, this, this is a piece of history. It's not a savory piece of history, yeah. but there's a reality that there are black people who have been against black people in history that led to a lot of pain. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I, I don't think that means shut off the story. Don't tell anyone that story. In fact, I think those stories become more important right now yeah, Of course. Um you know
0: what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, man. Cuz goes back to like seeing black people as a monolith. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We are so different as black folks, right? And I definitely push black empowerment on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But man, there even today, man, like me I'm Rondee's, right? Even to this day, there's rich around these people who have literal slaves. I'm not joking. I'm saying like mm-hmm. servants, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It, it it happens, right? And, you know, being able to face that reality and that truth, right, is really, really important in these stories to be, you know, talked about. Now, the thing is, right, that I think I maybe I want to touch about uh, touch the subject with you, right? What are your thoughts on maybe the the more feminist pro-woman advocacy that this movie comes at, the, the lens it comes mm-hmm. in, like, because it's, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil nothing. I'm going to be tight-lipped about it. Mm-hmm. But it's not as feminist as people may think. That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say. Okay. What do you think about that angle of it?
1: hmm Um, okay, this is an interesting time to be asking me this question, because I would say my opinions on feminism are currently in a state of transition. Um, I feel like when we talk about feminism, or when people think about feminism, it tends to be mainstream feminism, you know, the type of stuff that you see on social media. (laughs) So it makes a lot of sense to me that people kind of conflated this movie to being some, you know, feminist symbol or or something to uh, look at as, like, powerful and empowering for women um, because it has the, like, basic social media things. Oh, an all-woman cast. It's black women, too. Intersectional feminism. Let's go. It, th- like, that you can't make that jump. <laughs> you can't make that jump without actually seeing the substance. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of things within... I mean, within the history of feminism really where we've celebrated certain things without actually taking them in or taking in like what they mean in the long run um in the sense that like I, I wrote an article about this um you know the the different phases of feminism yeah, it's on your stack something... I think you, you it might is... turn it
0: on your substack, right
1: yeah 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 plug so that, there's plug like that, plug that Okay, yeah, yeah. So I got my sub stack. If you guys like these thoughts, then you can, you know, subscribe. If not, I post stuff on Medium too. Um, but what I was thinking about when it comes to feminism is that every single wave of feminism we've been able to look back on and criticize. So like the first wave of feminism in Canada and the United States specifically, um, yeah, it gave women the right to vote, for instance, but it was like literally just white women. So like we're celebrating this thing that like actually was really racist. Um, and then you go to the second wave of feminism, which is in the post-World uh, War II period, and women were, you know, didn't want to stay in the home anymore, mostly because a lot of them were working, uh, because the men were out, you know, obviously fighting the war. So th- they were working, and then once the men came back after war, they kind of had to give up their jobs, and that's where we kind of saw our second wave of feminism arise, where women wanted to be in the workforce. But then there's also the asterisk there, um, because I take an intersectional approach with everything intersectional or critical asterisk there is again it's literally just white women. Like in Canada, we literally in that time period created immigration programs for women of color to come to Canada to take care of these white women's children so that they could go to work. So like you know now we're coming to this third wave and or I mean we're in a third slash transitioning to fourth wave. I'm sure in a couple years we might have better um, demarcations between what this time is, if it can be third wave or not. But I, you know, I think right now more people are aware of feminism. I feel like we're gonna going to break into or I'm going to have more thoughts about this point that I'm going to make later on with some of the other stuff we talk about. But mm-hmm. I, I think because a lot more people are like understand feminism. And then, you know, in the early 2010s, it kind of became something that like was uh, <laughs> it became bigger, but it didn't become bigger, I think, in an authentic way. It was like girl boss mm-hmm. energy. It's you know, who run the world? Girls. And, like, awesome. Like, we've got great songs and great, you know, you know, boss bitch. All this stuff. Like, all these terms that are meant to empower women. Right. But, you know, we still need to take a step back and be like, okay, but, like, what women is this empowering? And I think the people that were celebrating the Women King before learning about all the stuff about the tribe, that's the exact example of what I'm talking about. Where it's like, yay, it's women! A bunch of black women! Oh my gosh, amazing! And then, wait, hold up they actually potentially, you know, were linked to a lot of pain that was caused in the world. So are these really the feminists? You know, I don't know if I've landed my point here perfectly, but I, I just think that it's the reaction to this is really indicative of of how we look at feminist things today, where it's there's a very superficial pat on the back for little things. And oh, yeah. it's, you know, when you take a closer look, put it under a magnifying glass, it's, uh. Is that really a benefit for people, or eh, should we be celebrating those women, even though it's a woman king, <laughs> which yeah. you alluded to? There's The, the
0: goddamn irony, there. woman king, bro. Are we gonna have like boy queen, like bro. <laughs> like, what are we? What are we doing right now, man? let's <laughs> that. Let's get to that.
1: Yeah. I'll say it like this,
0: bro. Great points. Great points mm-hmm. were made. Points were very much made. Here's what it is too, right? You were the, the last thing you that's what you were making, right? Where mm-hmm. should we be celebrating these women? You're watching the movie and you're like, yo, some of these women's are pieces of shit, dog. Like they're purposefully pushing slavery, bro. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like it's like it, it comes to your mind, like, am I cheering for the right peoples right now? Right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, there was a huge push for Girl Boss type of feminism and for me man it's this might be a little controversial but I've I've said this on multiple YouTube videos even podcasts man I think we should have more patriarchy now you know what I mean more masculinity within the oh, culture I need
1: you to break this down I, okay I more masculinity one. in the culture yes wait, wait, wait. when you do you, do you say patriarchy and masculinity within the culture are you saying those as like synonymous things or do you mean something different when you say patriarchy
0: so 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 when i say i say this in terms of patriarchy i say this i mostly mean more masculinity within the culture in general right and we've confused masculinity that's good and solid and tagged it a lot of it as toxic masculinity why do i say that i'll tell you why i say that because Traditional, you know, masculine roles or maybe a traditional conservative role, right? Gender norms and things like that are attacked on the masculine side a lot, even the female side. Example, there's not a push, right, for a stay at home mother, right? You don't see that. You see almost like the current state of the culture against that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like for men, there's not a, a like, give me an example. If you, watch modern media right let's say like a tv show right most tv shows or most movies that came out in recent times you'll see a trend of a lot of the male characters being dumb and incompetent or just losers right and give me an example uh think about you know uh, the, the the those seth rogan uh comedies right where it's like yo why are these guys goddamn losers <laughs> why at all times right and I think that those messages, right, have influenced a lot of the culture and made men feel some type of way, almost suppressed in a certain way, and masculinity not really pushed, right? Mm-hmm. Let's circle back, right, let's circle back to the woman king conversation, right? Mm-hmm. If you actually, within the movie, I'm not spoiling anything, right? There's there's literally a king, right? Like, this is not a spoiler, mm-hmm. his name is John, John Boyega plays King Gazel, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can tell that there's a masculine approach to this, right? Having more masculinity within the culture. And it's something that almost takes you for a loop because, like, this movie's called The Woman King, but this movie, everybody actually follows the actual King, who's King Gazel. And I believe that that's by design. Why do I think that's by design? I think right? Within the messaging and the culture, there is a push for less masculinity, right? Less traditional masculinity. Man, let me tell you something, man. Masculinity doesn't have to be toxic. And, and we've been trolled into thinking it should be, or it is. What, what's the problem, right? With a more traditional point of view. And why do I say this? I say this because I've seen the opposite often. And I want to get your opinion on this. Maybe I'm talking out of term or maybe I'm saying something a little foreign or maybe something I've seen. I've seen so much pushing for female empowerment. Right. But I don't see the other side of a little bit of more male empowerment and uplifting in a sense. Right. Have you seen those? Like, what's your point of view? What's your perspective? Am I going in a deep end? Am I going in a rabbit hole? Talk to me. Speak to me.
1: Okay, it's so interesting that you bring this up, because literally this week, I was talking about kind of subjects around this. Mm -hmm. Um, Great minds think alike. Yeah, clearly. No, no, but there's so much in what you just said there. I mean, I think, hmm, where I want to start is, I think that... There's not, like, I would disagree that there's been a push against masculinity specifically, but I will fill it in because there's definitely a push against something, Uh, and I'll I'll get to it. But, so I don't think that there's a push against masculinity specifically. I think that right now, and it's because of, I really tie, like, a lot of our, like, kind of focus on certain things to be related to social media. You know, we've got our algorithms whatever you engage with most is going to pop up most um whenever there's you know any controversy like I'm a big like I I like going on TikTok for instance so anytime there's any like big controversy the number of people on TikTok that are talking about Adam Levine cheating and I mean I know you had a podcast about it too but it's just like it's you know these things happen in the news and we continue to repeat it and I think like there's know positive perspectives of where you're repeating it like having a podcast about it you get to actually converse your ideas and kind of spread it out and stuff but then right. there's people that are clearly just jumping on the bandwagon on tiktok that are like oh let me do a three-minute video summarizing it when like literally anyone can just google this type of stuff right so so the, the point i i make by bringing that up and just like how social media is is or social media has made our culture kind of be is like small things kind of get conflated to something different in the online space, Mm. even if it's not, or actually, I'll just end there. Things get conflated bigger than they are on the online space. So when I think of women empowerment, like I feel like it's become all-consuming because I think women empowerment has become a very profitable thing to strive for um, in the past decade. So I think that we've seen more examples of women empowerment and far fewer examples of male empowerment, and not fewer examples of male empowerment because there were specific examples before. I think that men have been able to, or not have been able to, and I'm speaking generally, obviously down to the individual, this is going to be different based on everyone's experience, but my impression is that generally there are pillars of traditional manhood, or a lot of pillars of traditional manhood, still kind of, like, persists today in the sense that, like, you know, you're born and, like, you know, you're expected to, men aren't expected to maybe show as much emotion, men are expected to be providers, all these things. These are things that have been drilled into men for centuries at this point, yeah. whereas women empowerment is brand new. So I think that there hasn't really been a lot of examples of people pushing male empowerment which makes it seem like women empowerment is pushing male empowerment down when really I don't think that, and I have more things to say because there are definitely people to talk about when it comes to male empowerment today. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But I do think, you know, until recently, I should say, yeah, yeah, we're going to go there. (laughs) But I would say like until recently, there hasn't been big pillars of male empowerment. Like I can't think of, you know, when, You know, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie was featured on Beyonce's song in like 20, whatever, 2011, I want to say. You know, there wasn't a male equivalent or counterpart to that. It was literally just like women, girls around the world, all of that stuff. Um, Now, today, we are seeing more examples of people that I think push male empowerment when they are talking about men specifically However, because of how social media is and how, you know, to get noticed, you kind of have to outrage people a lot. <laughs> I, you know where I'm going with this. I'm We're thinking of now. Samuel. I'm thinking of Andrew Tate. Now, I don't actually intake any of their content other than when it pops up on The Shade Room. Um, so you know, like it's not, I mean, and also Andrew Tate's not showing up on the shade room. Let's go, keep
0: going. It's it's
1: for it is a hundred percent. Half the time, I'm like, why do I follow this shit? And then I'm like, well, you know, how else would I be tapped into the toxicness of the culture? (laughs) Um, you gotta be tuned in a little bit somehow. But I would say, like, those people have become you know, these these pillars of toxic masculinity because they are playing into toxic masculinity for that popularity for that outrage. I think the problem right now is we're not problem. It's just because that's what gets them viral. The maybe more positive messages that they're sending to men are kind of being like beaten down a little bit. Like they're submerged. They're they're silenced a hundred percent. So it's like you're pulling a platform away from one person who is probably one of the very few examples that men have to aspire towards something else that's masculine. Now, whether someone agrees with those forms of masculinity or not is entirely subjective. But I think another thing that's kind of popped up in our culture is people are really concerned about what someone else will do with certain information. And I find it so weird to me to be like, well, you know... I know of someone who took Andrew Tate seriously and is a misogynist, so he can never show up on social media ever again. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like we can't control people like that. I think, like, you know, if, that that's a parent's job. If you're worried about a teenager coming across these things, well, that's, like, that's the parent's job. Like, and, and as adults, like, I, I'm not comfortable policing another grown-ass person. I can swear, right? Yeah, yeah, we can cuss. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like, you know, I I I feel uncomfortable telling a grown ass person that they can't listen to something because I think like like my philosophy when it comes to a lot of information I take in is, you know, I I take what resonates, I leave what doesn't. And there's a lot of you know, and I I think right now a lot of people are just forgetting that like y'all don't gotta listen to that. Like you 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 can (laughs) you can agree with this point and no, shut
0: off the phone. And then go outside. (laughs) You can shut off the phone, go outside, (laughs) right? Breathe some fresh air. Maybe do five push-ups. You know what I'm saying? And be a human being. Now because there's, it, there's like
1: no way and this is just the last thing because i was like because there's no way that you're walking on the street and you're having to engage with kevin samuels or andrew tate in your day-to-day life that mm-hmm. is the social media world and making you get mixed up for the reality outside your door just turn off the phone i'm oh, sorry
0: <laughs> i will say this right people like andrew tate and kevin samuels i will say this i am a big kevin samuels fan And I'm okay with Andrew Tate, but like you said, I take some parts that relate and make sense, and I drop some that don't, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to idolize any person, regardless of how, I like, you know what I'm saying? no nobody's perfect they're all human beings right Mm -hmm. and like you said the algorithm what they do specifically is they're always going to push messages that are controversial right and messages that are perceived a certain way right in order to keep engagement going right Mm -hmm. whether that engagement is good or bad usually bad so you'll have an andrew tate video on tiktok that has millions of comments where he says some super outlandish, out-of-pocket stuff. Keep in mind, he's trolling in a lot of these videos. And people don't, like, they don't get it. They don't understand you the nuance. How one.
1: people don't get it though—it's so. You obvious, know what it is. This man they're young. Yeah. Fair. Like, yeah. I guess it is age. Because I'm like, the I there's, I can't yeah. watch his interviews and be like, I mean, not that I've watched a lot of them, but we talked about because he was on yeah. your mom's house, and yeah. that I was like, that was hilarious. Like he clearly is dying. in on the joke. Like he's being made fun of, and he's playing with it. Like
0: he's playing a character, and, yeah. and, and you know, like if you, uh, I, I saw some other interviews of people who actually do know him personally mm-hmm. and they say he's actually a nice person. He's very kind, you know, you know, he treats women well. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he just plays up a character in order to sell courses, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at Kevin Samuels, Kevin Samuels used to focus on men's fashion and grooming. That's what he did for most of his channel's life and then he started having debates with uh, relationships with with mostly women and he started going viral and then he played up that character and if you, you know I don't know him personally obviously but from accounts of other people that he knew as well he was actually a very nice guy very caring very you know what I'm saying they play up a character and if you listen to some of their content some of their nuanced content uh, Kevin Samuel pushed a lot of black male empowerment which is something that you don't see a lot within the mainstream culture. What I mean by that, when I graduated uh, from U Ottawa, right, I saw that I was one of the few black males who graduated in my class, and I got pissed off. Why? Because I'm like, what? What is this? I'm not a genius. I'm not. I'm borderline retarded. But. I'm retarded. Sorry.
1: You know what I mean?
0: But like if I can do it, like what? What's going on right now? You know what I mean? I got pissed off, you know? I know way more people were smarter than me who are very capable. You know what I'm saying? So this is what the culture does not promote. They're not gonna promote Kevin Samuels talking about black male empowerment. They're gonna promote when he roasts some super obese woman. <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. they're gonna promote, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that, personally, a lot of these algorithms and these platforms, right, focus on outrage culture to increase engagement and traction. Now, do some of the things that these guys say, misogynistic, super rude, fucked up, yes. I'm not going to cap. I ain't going to cap. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have to have this thing called discernment. What's discernment? Discernment and understanding what... You should go with and what you shouldn't, right? If I'm watching a movie, right, and you have Vin Diesel riding in a goddamn supercar in between trucks, underneath trucks, I'm not gonna do that tomorrow. Why? Because I'm not stupid, and I understand it's a movie; it's fictional, right? Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. thing with these influencers; they are BSing, and some of these influencers do not uh, do not present they're they're not what they represent online right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that leads to a topic right that i wanted to cover right and we're here already so we're gonna we're gonna walk into it cancel culture man Mm -hmm. let's talk about cancel culture right so obviously uh i have discussed this a few times already on the pod but let's i want to get your unique perspective cancel culture we just seen andrew Tate get cancelled all over social media there's also cancel culture on the other side on more so uh the liberal side um uh, i don't know too too many examples of that i've seen a lot of uh, conservative cancel culture right but what are your thoughts on cancel culture right and, and within the prism of social media right cuz you you mentioned you really analyzed this so what so what are your thoughts on cancel culture and, and, and is that good? Is that bad? What are your thoughts?
1: I think cancel culture is a really interesting phenomena. I'll call it that, a phenomena that we have right now, because I feel like it kind of, mm. like, I feel like even a couple years ago, I didn't really understand what it was. And now we're at this place where I'm like, okay, I, I 100% get what that is. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think cancel culture is positive in the sense that it gives you know the average person some semblance of power in the way of like you know shutting off or uh, yeah shutting off their access to someone and often shutting off access means you're stopping your potential flow of income to them whether it be the you know little you know pennies that they make from anytime you stream their music to right. watching their things and stuff like that so i think that there's there's a positive aspect in it in the sense that it you know, gives the average person power without having to confront, say, I mean, especially with the more egregious things, without having to confront the legal system, which is daunting, although this is the bad side of cancel culture, compared to the legal system. The legal system, we have standards of review, like they're not standards of review, we have like burdens of proof. So if an allegation's made, you know, you have to, in the criminal system, have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, in the civil system, you have to prove that on a balance of probabilities, which is to say it's more likely than not. Cancel culture doesn't really have those metrics. And the other thing that's hard with cancel culture is it's not like you can really expunge someone's record in the same way. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. someone Googles you and, oh, that rumor that went about that might not have been true is first thing in their face versus, you know, they ask for your criminal record and you know you give it to them and it's your police check rather and you give it to them and there's no criminal record on there because you know you've been cleared of a crime or something that you had been charged with or accused of so Mm -hmm. i think that's the negative piece of cancel culture that i don't think people really take as seriously as they should Mm -hmm. um and then i think the other negative aspect of cancel culture is because we don't have the rules of who gets canceled codified um there's a lot of inconsistency and I think of the me too movement and all these people that were getting canceled. And then I remember reading about that story about Aziz Ansari. Did you ever hear about that? Yes. Right. And that to me, um, and I'll explain it for people listening if you haven't, but that, that to me stood out very differently compared to, you know, the Harvey Weinstein allegations that were caught up in the me too movement. So the Aziz Ansari um, situation uh, to to give the kind of Coles Notes version. Um, this you know, no offense to this blog, but this random blog, not an official thing. Just you know, someone who interviewed somebody else. Anyway, go ahead. You know, and and they interviewed this young girl who had an unfortunate, or said that she had an unfortunate date night with you know Aziz Ansari, um, and pretty much said that although she hadn't like vocalized that she didn't want to do certain things she gave certain body language that she didn't and even though she gave him a blow job he should have known not to cross a line um <laughs> i just remember reading <laughs> the whole situation and just kind of scratching my head and not in the sense that like oh nothing bad happened here like you know obviously you don't want those types of things to happen but i think that when and and this is a hard thing to say cuz i i don't it depends on the situation, my actual perspective on this. But I think in general, um, a lot of us learn how to speak up for ourselves in dating situations and stuff like that by experiencing things that make us uncomfortable. Mm. Um, so to me, I read it. And to me, it seemed like, okay, this is this girl's first time in this situation. And mm. like I had a sim- have had similar situations and like I learned from them. So I know like... You know, I'm definitely not going back to someone's house after a date if I'm like 100% not interested in them. Not saying that that absolves the other person from whatever whatever might happen. If I do go back and I'm not interested in certain things they think is going to happen, that's not absolving them or anything like that. It's just, um, you know, I I like to take responsibility and accountability for making sure that I'm comfortable. Um, And I think expecting someone that you met in one night to be able to read your body language As much as I understand as, you know, women, it can be difficult in those situations to speak up. I also think that that's just an impossible standard to set for someone else if you are actually really not giving any obvious cues that you're not interested. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's, again, not to say that, like, oh, this is a completely fine situation. Like, I mean... I've got my opinions on it. Everyone's bar of feeling unsafe and feeling uncomfortable is different, and it's something to be respected. So even though I would feel differently about that situation for myself, I respect that you know she might have felt a certain way in that situation. But you know, I compare that to Harvey Weinstein, who literally raped a bunch of people, and I'm like, we're roping this into Me Too? Like, this seems like, you know, a conversation about consent that needs to be had on both men and women's sides, and, you know, for people who are non-binary too, to be extra-inclusive. Everybody's got to talk about consent. And that is what that issue seemed like um, for me, as opposed to being a, you know, Me Too, this is a intense power dynamic where da-da-da, like, this, you know, it, it just... It didn't come across that way, and also, like, it wasn't even reported by a reputable source. And, you know, I haven't seen another season of Master of None yet, which is really unfortunate because that is a beautiful piece of television. It was a good show. It's only very good show, and also, like, just great for representation, um, we talk a lot about, you know, black representation, which, you know, I'm, I'm biracial. I'm super passionate about that as well. But it was also very refreshing to see someone who was creating something from um, the, like, South Asian community. And because I, like, they don't get a lot of representation amongst um, Western media as well, in my opinion. Um, wow. So it, it just, it, it was. You know, like I just found myself questioning, like, what's the goal of canceling this person here? And that—that's what I find with a lot of the decisions people make to cancel certain uh, certain others. Is like, what's the goal? Like, even you know, not taking in certain music from an artist. Like, I do understand. Yes. Okay, you don't want your your pennies that you stream for streaming. And I say pennies because it's like literally like thirty six cents that each artist they get gets. Nothing, you listen bro. to the first like 10 get nothing, So it's bro. it's really not significant. So, like, I just, I don't understand, like, you're withholding your pennies, you're thinking that 100% of those pennies are going to that artist, but you're also not thinking about the whole crew in production, every, like, all the other mouths that were fed by that one song, Um, and and to me, I'm just like, like, when it comes down to using money, like, if, not using money, but, you know, using my consumer power, Mm. if, in the crossfire, I'm, you know, getting a lot of collateral damage in the sense of taking away from other marginalized people. I don't really think that's a positive thing. I think that that's, you know, I think you gotta kinda look at yourself and and wonder like, hmm, is this really the best way for me to be showing my opinion? Um, But as always, depends on a case-by-case basis.
0: It is a case-by-case basis, man. I'm gonna piss people off with this opinion, but I still listen to R. Kelly. He's one of the greatest R&B singers of all time. Is he disgusting and messed up for the things he did? Absolutely, right? Mm But when we're talking about cancel culture, right, it has to be more nuanced than what we're already being presented right now. Now the Aziz Ansari example is fantastic. Why? Because she they had a bad date. That was a bad date. And you know what? I do agree that it is harder for women to express when they're uncomfortable, right? But at a certain point, you have to understand that men are not mind readers, especially if we are just starting to get to know somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. She sucked his dick. He's assuming it's going to go to sex. Ninety nine percent of people assume that's what's generally going to happen. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. This one, I think, too. I'm pretty sure she did. I'm pretty sure she did. I haven't read that story in a long time, so before okay. we say that as a fact, okay. I'm pretty sure she did, but double-check anyone who's listening before you start telling other people.
0: Yeah, please do your Googles, yeah. man. <laughs> but I, I, I think it was getting in a sexual area, yes, and yeah. maybe he pushed a little too much, and she got uncomfortable, and then she put him on blast. Now, look, I, the Me Too movement, Right. I think that a certain percentage of it was good, but also another percentage of it was very, very bad. Why do I say a certain percentage of it was very, very bad? During that whole Me Too thing, right? I don't know if you, uh, Kaya, are you a fan of uh, Anthony Bourdain?
1: Oh, I love Anthony Bourdain. Right. I know where you're going with this. You know yeah. where I'm going with this, bro. you already know. You're smart, yeah.
0: man. This is this is what happens when you have intelligent people on the podcast. They already know where a real nigga is going. Let's go. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, uh,
0: Anthony Bourdain. If you didn't notice, uh, he tragically killed himself. He was dating this woman called Asia Argento, right? Mm. And she was one of the first women who accused Harvey Weinstein. Of uh, you know being a perv, being sexual predator, rapist, all these things, right? Good for her, and we salute that. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you are, if you're let me start off saying this: if you're somehow a multi-billionaire, powerful male, sponsor this podcast for one, for two, (laughs) um, you have to understand power dynamics, okay? don't deal with subordinates okay mm-hmm. i'd rather if i if i ever become a ceo man i'm buying prostitutes man i'm not gonna go out of my way to be with subordinates okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and <laughs> the, the power dynamics is crazy okay let's start off with that long story short easy Argento gentle dating anthony bourdain she exposed harvey weinstein then that the whole fallout of the me too movement started Little did people know, right? AZ Argento was sleeping with a 17 year old herself. Power mm-hmm. dynamics all over. You know what I'm saying? That does statutory rape, by the way. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to say that, right? Yeah. So, in, in some places, right? But ultimately, she's a woman in her 30s sleeping with a 17 year old. What? And, you know, so, and, and not just, it, so technically, under the parameters of the Me Too movement, she should have been canceled, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she, but but nothing happened to her, right? And a few months later, after this was discovered, Anthony Bourdain killed himself. Now, am I connecting the two, no, but is there a, is there a chance that that led him to that? Yes.
1: Well, actually, yeah. apparently she cheated on him. I mean, I don't know if it was with the seventeen year old, but I just. There's something that was released this week. I guess there's something else coming out involving him. Where I like Anthony Bourdain,
0: Yeah, I like Anthony Bourdain as well. So I wouldn't be surprised that his girl cheating on him with a 17-year-old drove him to a level of depression. And if you know anything about him, he dealt with that in his past. Mm -hmm. Right? Depression. See, these are things that happen under the crossfires of movements like Me Too right? Where there is a net positive, which is women coming out about their stories of abuse and speaking out, which is good. We encourage that. But also to another point, we have to also see the other side and understand that there's two sides to every story in a sense, right? And people like Aziz Ansari got caught in a crossfire of having a bad date, right? And Anthony Bourdain basically off themselves, you know, and alive themselves because of, you know, a, 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 a victimizer in a sense. She was a victim and became a victimizer, right? Mm-hmm. I say all that to say this, right? We have to, th- this goes back to what we're, ta- what we're talking about a bit earlier. We need more masculinity. And what do I mean by that? If, right, uh, a, an individual, like Harvey Weinstein, right, met a real masculine man or was surrounded by men who had honor, valor, integrity, they would shut his shit down. They would shut his program down and say, bro, what is you doing, right? But then you have, you know, a a suppression of positive masculinity, of, Mm -hmm. you know, men of honor and integrity being not necessarily highlighted within the culture but the evil, disgusting pigs constantly being put in front of the culture that makes people perceive things as, oh, this is the norm. No, Harvey Weinstein and the norm, the norm is being a balling-ass dude who goes, talks to women, fresh, finesse, and they want it and you want it, and you're both having good, consensual, fun relationships. That's the norm. That should be the norm, right? Mm -hmm. But when the culture shows you one side and not the other side, You have to think, is it an agenda? Conspiracy talk, is there an agenda to only show negative men? Talk to us, Kyle. Oh my
1: gosh, that is such a heavy question. Is there an agenda?
0: Is there an agenda? I mean, come on. No,
1: I I don't want to say that there's an agenda, but I will say, like, I, I think that we just have a tendency to think in really binary terms where it's like, okay, like, you know, if you're not for this idea, then you are the polar opposite. And I think that even goes for the things that we're for. So it's like, oh, we're for women empowerment. Fuck these men. Men ain't shit. Like, oh, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought this was about women. (laughs) Like, you know, it's, it's actually, I I used to be in a, 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 Oh man, I don't know if I should, should say this, but I used to be in like, i I mean i'm not i'm not naming names or anything but i used to i used to be in like this discussion group and there was like one conversation where like they a couple of people just like went off yeah like we don't want cis white men here blah blah blah." and like i had to like chime in and be like um i think this is like if the goal is inclusion i just feel like excluding the maybe the group that maybe needs to hear your ideas the most is probably counterintuitive and also exclusive and kind of not that far off of the exclusion that they were putting on you that made you so mad. Like, it just, it, 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 I I think that a lot of people, I mean, this, yeah, it comes down to, like, that nuance and, like, what are, what are, what's your goal here? Like, is your goal actual inclusion? Is your goal actually that all of us, men, women, they, thems, you know, that we all, wow, I hope that wasn't offensive. Um, you know, I hope that we all, you know, is the goal that we all are able to build ourselves into You know, the best partners, the best workers, the best, you know, members of society, but also take vacations, people. I'm very anti-capitalist, as I say, work stuff. Um, You know, like it's it's is that the goal or is the goal only lifting up one group at a time? And I think that, yeah, like, absolutely, there's times where, like, one group does need to be honed in on, like, you know, Black Lives Matter, for instance, when that happened, and there was a bunch of people saying, all lives matter, like, no, no, no like, the conversation right now is about this, and no. it's not to say, no other lives matter, it's just for this, you know, that's one thing, but then I, I think that, you know, when it comes to empowerment, people really like to draw lines, um, and mm-hmm. to, to other people, and mm-hmm. I... No, I, I think it's really interesting that there aren't that many, like, or really aren't any mainstream m- men that are talking about masculinity that are being received positively right now. I have I'm gonna have to turn on, or not turn on, but like think a little bit more on whether there's an agenda, because I I don't wanna say that there is, but it's it is an interesting switch. Um I will say that. And I will say that it's, especially I feel like it, it affects women's perceptions in dating. And I think, like, as much as, you know, feminism has helped open women's eyes to what they deserve in relationships and, and things like that, I, I also think that some people are swinging too far in, the, in that direction to mm. a point that's maybe not really in the interests of humanity. That sounds so dramatic. Mm. But, like, I, I, you know, how we, we have incels now. What the hell? Like, that wasn't, we weren't talking about incels in 2000. Now, given I wasn't no. even 10 years old in 2000, so obviously <laughs> I wasn't talking about incels then. But I'm positive that that was not a thing until more recent years.
0: No, those um, niggas were nerds. <laughs> yeah. They, they were nerds. <laughs>
1: they
0: were <laughs> just <laughs> nerds,
1: and they weren't like, Fuck women.
0: <laughs> like, nah, they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, bro. That's yeah. what they were doing. They weren't even, <laughs> they weren't preoccupied with inceldom or anything like that. They were yeah. in the basement playing Nintendo GameCube. Okay?
1: Mm-hmm. And, and now people are being like... nothing wrong with that.
0: But exactly. you don't have to go online and go on a diatribe about how women ain't shit. Yes, mm-hmm. some women ain't shit. <laughs> There's actually a lot of those. But some women are amazing. Some women are absolutely great. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Some, you know what I'm saying? Same thing with men. <laughs> There's a lot of piece of tr- trash men out there. A lot. Ton of them. Mm-hmm. I say this to somebody who I believe I used to be. I'm not that no more. Currently, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But definitely, right? So for, for me, right, based off what you were saying, I think there is an agenda. Mm-hmm. I think there is an agenda to, you know, boost bad masculinity in the culture
1: Mm. and
0: suppress good strong capable honorable men i believe there is an agenda going on like that right Mm. now you know is it like quantifiable something that you can prove within like a scientific experiment definitely not right but right? You see individuals like Jordan Peterson come up, right? Mm-hmm. And you see the demonization of him, right? And I think that's calculated. Because if you actually read his book, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 12 Rules of Life, right? It gives advice that would benefit men and women. Mm-hmm. And it's practical good advice. And if you actually listen to a lot of his narratives it's it's very positive but to see the backlash that he gets right as opposed to what his message actually is going to mm-hmm. that makes me believe that there is an agenda to frame ne- negative or toxic masculinity Within a specific person like himself, right? right? But I want us to switch gears a little bit because that—that's like that, that's a topic that we can have a full podcast about. Oh my and god, I, think... I was
1: like, oh, I can go off about Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man. Hey, let me get, let me get your opinion, man. Let me get your tidbits, man. I, well, uh, you know,
1: I. I I know a bunch of people that have read like his. I think it's called Twelve Rules for Life. Is that That's the name of his book? Yeah, I, I know a, cu- a couple people or a bunch of people that have read it and have said like really good things about it and yeah. how you know, yeah how inspiring it is and how helpful it was to them at certain periods of their life. So I don't want to take away from that. I <laughs> my opinion for Jordan Peterson is one. I think anyone who's mad at him is mad. No, I shouldn't say mad for the wrong reasons, because I think it does depend on, like, what you're listening to or anything like that. Yes. But, like, I... I don't fuck with Jordan Peterson. And it's that. only... Okay. And it's because, like, when he right. was... Because I used to listen to his podcast whenever he'd go on Joe Rogan. Um yeah. Like, I'm, like, an early, like, long-time Joe Rogan fan. I've been listening to him, like, religiously since 2015. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, it was, like, I think 2017 or maybe late 2016. See, that's Jackson an example of positive
0: up. masculinity. And they tried and to is. destroy him.
1: Oh, they tried to. That was so wild to me. I was like, I clearly yeah. anyone who's saying shit about Joe Rogan has not listened to one three-hour episode. The episodes are three hours. I know you didn't listen to it. <laughs>
0: like The agenda, yo, bro. That's the agenda. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Okay. I, I might be a little bit convinced now that you brought that up because I was so, I was scratching my head. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like also a fa- in a family of women, so like woman positive too. I'm just like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but actually, no, I guess I do get it because he also represents a lot of typical masculine things. And I, um, if this is an agenda and I was Doing the agenda, or you know, in in the works of doing the agenda, I would not paint him negatively okay, as smart. well. That's easy you're, to do. You're
0: smart. If you wanna, you if you if you were a puppet master, you would do exactly what they did, right? Made, if you're smart, it. so you know that the, the yeah. little tricks. You know how perception. You know how some girls go in the mirror and take a selfie to show their cheeks looking way bigger than they are. And then you see them in real life and there's no cake, right? The manipulation (gasps) tactics. That's what I'm getting to.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can't believe you went there. (laughs) I'll say my thing about Jordan Peterson. (laughs) i will just get to it. Sorry. So when he was first, when he was first coming out on Jorgen, he was talking a lot about... Um, the laws that had been passed in Ontario around um, using pronouns and specifically what would happen if you misgendered someone. And he was going around on podcasts from Joe Rogan to, I'm sure he did, like, other public, you know, other things, where he was talking about, like, you can go to jail if you don't use someone's pronouns correctly. And, like, that was a lie. And so many people in law, having studied law myself, like, were telling him, like, no, that's wrong, that's wrong. And he continued going around telling people that and now like the United States and everywhere around the world that happened to listen to him thinks that we had some law where you can go to jail for misgendering someone. And that's just like a blatant lie. Like the only law that was passed that he was talking about was the Ontario Human Rights Code. And the Human Mm -hmm. Rights Tribunal is not a criminal tribunal. They cannot send you to jail. That's not how that works. They can tell you to apologize. They can give you a fine. And if you refuse to pay the fine, you might go to jail, but that has nothing to do with you misgendering. That's an administrative offense that has everything to do with you getting a ticket and not paying it. So, like, he was presenting that... As you're gonna go to jail for this and like that, that was a complete lie. And it was, and he went around and made a name for himself based on that. He got so popular talking about like something that he pulled out of his ass because he thinks he's super smart. Sorry, now I'm going off dissing him. But I'm like, you think you're so smart, but you were a Harvard professor. You know, you didn't study law. Why are you going around teaching people about a subject you didn't te- like study? Like, I'm down to listen to him for the stuff that he's actually, you know, tell me about postmodernism. Hit me with that. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's it's you're going around telling people this one thing, and then, I don't know. I don't know. That's, That's how I feel true. about him. I was just like, I don't really have a lot of respect for that, to be honest. Yeah. At your caliber, at your level, with your professional experience, I expect better. I can't trust anything out of your mouth now. And also, yeah. I don't find his ideas that profound. Like, I was agreeing with them when I was listening to, like, some, especially around postmodernism, but, like, I was agreeing with them because I felt like I was already learning that in school, like, I, it, just, it just didn't feel, like, it felt, feels obvious what he's saying, but then perhaps that's just where I'm at, and, you know, every everyone's at, at different places in, in terms of your understanding of the world, so it could just be, we just happen to have similar perspectives on the general life stuff he talks about, I agree on.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely agree to disagree on that point because I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. No, I'm
1: not saying don't be a fan of him. I'm just saying, like, I did not respect that. And uh, yeah, I I didn't respect it. And I just felt like for a Harvard professor, I, I expect better.
0: Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. But I learned something new about that, uh, that you just mentioned about the, um, the uh, criminal court thing or that uh, you mentioned that you can't yeah. necessarily go to jail for misgendering somebody. So I just learned that right now. Yeah, no, because so it's it's I, the, I our,
1: our politics are split, like the the powers are split between the federal and provincial governments and mm-hmm. human rights. That is actually in the provincial governments domain. Um, criminal law is in the federal government's domain so there's sometimes the provinces can make laws that could put you in jail but like it's it's few and far between um it's not yeah if the province is making a law I mean not to say that you can't go to jail because of a provincial law but it's not um it's not like a punishment sort of thing for doing something it's usually an administrative offense you would you would come across
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we, we learned something new, man. We got a, a little minute of law, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the law minute, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, but you know, very interesting points, you know, and for me, I just want to get, you know, just to round out the podcast, man. You know, we've we've touched on it a little bit, maybe a little sprinkles of it. But in terms of, you know, on this podcast, you know what I'm saying, black empowerment you know what I'm saying, sports, you know what I'm saying, interesting conversations, the controversial, spicy conversations. And I got a spicy conversation in mind that I think would be interesting for our viewers as well, right? Interracial dating, right? So Mm -hmm. you come from an interracial relationship, uh, black and white, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And I've been having some thoughts about this, right? And I've been thinking about it. And how we view interracial relationships these days. Now, I do believe, right, low-key, there is also an agenda here. You're going to learn this about me. I'm very conspiratorial. I, I, I
1: love I it. question it's everything, great. bro. I question
0: <laughs> everything. I question myself. You
1: know what, <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Your own conspiracies? I'm like, bro. Did I make this a conspiracy this morning? <laughs> I'm like,
0: why is this nigga so handsome, man? What'd he do, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. On the real though, um, yeah. So, so interracial dating. I've noticed. I don't know if you peep this too, mm-hmm. but media pushes that a lot more these days, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say interracial dating, it's not just black and white. You know what I'm saying? It's you know white and Asian. Not even just black male, a white woman. You've seen the other. Whereas black woman, white male. You know what I'm saying? You see it being highlighted more within a lot of media, right? So I want to get your thoughts of interracial dating, and I want to get your perspective of somebody who's a product of that. Man, Talk to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, interesting. I'm, I'm interested in this conspiracy. I already feel like I disagree, but, <laughs> but I'm excited to hear more of your thoughts. Uh, to give it. you the baseline of my thoughts, obviously, yeah, I'm the product of an interracial relationship. Um, my dad is Jamaican. My mom is, I mean, Canadian, um, just to put it it that way, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, obviously I'm not against it. Um, you know, I've dated outside, like I, I I grew up in a community that was mostly white. So growing up, I always considered myself black. Um, Mm -hmm. but obviously like I'm biracial. Um, and I would say that because because of considering myself black like my first relationship long-term relationship was with someone who was white so i've been in an interrelate interracial relationship myself as well and yeah i mean i i I don't on one hand i don't think there's an agenda but on the other hand Mm. i think that there are some potential reasons why the media is showing interracial relationships more Mm. Um, for one, okay. It's, it's more normalized. Um, and you'll see it more often. Like I'm in Toronto and it's, you know, only 8% of the population here is black. So
0: Mm. you
1: do see a lot of interracial dating. Um, so like, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it as a, a basic sense, but I've also dated people in different communities, um, and have had either challenges that are not insignificant or
0: elaborate on that
1: um well you know what it's 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 very difficult for me being in a relationship with someone who has no foundation for my life experience um especially if that person grew up in a place that's not diverse so like I grew up in Burlington Ontario I think it's getting a lot more diverse nowadays compared to when I grew up but like like, in my grade, I was, like, one of three black girls in my grade. And then there what? was an Indian girl, and then there was an Asian girl. And I think that's pretty much it in my class of over 300, close to 400. Yeah. So, like, I, that that's where I'm coming from. And I dated someone who was within that community and just having conversations, even, like, talking. Was about dating I, I was dating
0: a, 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 a Carl. He was dating John. a Josh. A Jacob. He was
1: dating a John. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah I mean he was great his family was great and but I do remember there was like to give an example like one family vacation that I like went on with his family and we were in Mexico and we done like all these amazing things and I just, I got sad because I was like, oh, like my family, like wouldn't be able to ever afford doing this growing up. Like, and, and, you know, I I don't know if either of my parents, I mean, actually they they have gone on vacation since then, but at the time, like they hadn't really taken trips or anything like that. So it was just kind of like, I was feeling kind of, I, I, I felt weird being or experiencing what for me was like luxury when my family hadn't had that opportunity and I, I brought it up to him and he got really mad at me. He was like, oh, you think my family doesn't work hard for this? And like, it was just a whole like, and then he's like, it's canceled cancel. We're not going on this boat thing, which side note, I was happy about because I get violently seasick. So I was like, you know what? That was dramatic. But <laughs> I'm I've missing never
0: you, if anybody's listening I wants to take her out, take her to a boat right away.
1: They yeah.
0: to, take her to niagara falls
1: <laughs> to watch yeah yeah you, you, you'll you okay. see me at my worst but then that'll make my best look real good um so there you go <laughs> Little see them technique. at their worst yes and
0: then you'll see them at their best game that's it
1: that's it but yeah no i so so it, it was challenging from that perspective of like just And even, uh, what else happened? Like, you know, even, actually, it was still on that trip, too, like, going places, and because, obviously, I'm a person of color, anytime, like, lining up for things, it didn't matter if I was first in line, they would get served first before I did. And, like, I made a comment about it, I even made a comment about just, like, some places we go, and just being like, it's mad white people in here, (laughs) like, there's no, nobody of color here, and it would just be like, oh, well, like, that's how the world is, and, like, that's it, I, you know? So it's just like, but if someone who grows up where that literally is the only world that they know um, is, you know, it, it, like, it's not to say that, I mean, I, I understood it. I didn't like it, obviously. Um, and then the last thing that probably is like one of the reasons why I broke up with him was he told me that when he was younger, there was only one black kid that went to his school. And like, when he was like four or five, he high-fived him and like looked at his hand to see if the color came off. And then immediately was like, I regret telling you that because my face was like, what the f- So anyways, interracial dating can be maddening. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be maddening, but I I, I don't want to say that as like a stance against it because even though I say all those kind of situations that, I mean, to be frank, I I don't know if I would date a white guy again. Um, This is not me making a rule against it because I'm not against it, period. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that it was just it was challenging. And these days, I've got the language to call someone out. So I also don't think that someone would want to date me if they're going to make comments like that, because it's not going to go well for you. Um, or me. I have really. a terrible
0: girlfriend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am a fabulous girlfriend. I'm such a good girlfriend. But like, if you say some shit that's wild, I'll be like, what do you mean by that? And we'll talk about it. yeah
0: (laughs) i feel that i feel Um, that. sorry that
1: was a ramble i will say on the flip side though like in terms of like dating within certain other communities um especially within the the black community like i've had one experience where someone was clearly fetishizing me for my lighter skin um that's
0: huge that's big right now
1: yeah, and like it's kind of really fucked up. Like I, I, I think. Like I just I, I. I w- what are your thoughts on that? Because I, it came up, and I just I didn't even know how to react. Um, obviously stopped seeing that person shortly after that came up. But mm-hmm. like, because I mean, how how do you like when you're clearly like, oh, you chose me because of this, not because of who I am? You know, like it, it, right. it's a. Not really great. But yeah, what what what's your perspective on that? On people valuing, I guess, the like shade of someone's skin. I guess it's kind of colorism, but
0: it's um okay, so for one, yes, it is colorism. I said right? a lot. I'm Let's sorry. Start <laughs> off with it. It's all good, it's all good. That's the point of a podcast, man. We're supposed True. to speak freely and up op- openly. And I like that. You're expressing your real life experience. It's better than being shy and giving two uh, Two word answers, man. Like you oh, know, what I mean, I've had that. podcasts like that, and it was rough. Just
1: pulling teeth, <laughs> and you're like, "All right, let's turn I'm up the like, charm."
0: <laughs> oh my god, man! Do I have to use all this charisma right now? I have to pull out my bag of charismatic ish. <laughs> but um, no, no. Um, I will say it like this: yes, there is a fetishization, right? Especially. As a black man, I see that, right? And I have dated interracially, yes, right? But I think that was more of a thing of my surroundings rather than um, what I prefer. For me, I Mm -hmm. prefer black women, right? All shades, all skin tones, as long as she is fine, good, smart, right? Has common sense, not stupid, you know what I mean? And actually chill. And she's into me, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a part, right, that a lot of men, right, uh, should really pay attention to. Why is she into you? Specifically black male. Why is she into you? Is she into you because she has a fetish for you and she's only rocking with you because you're dark skin? Because that's a huge thing, right? Is she into you because you're a light skinned dude? You look like Chris Brown? Right. Is she into you because you know what I'm saying? Maybe you, you deliver insane good D. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to me. Uh-uh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is she into you? Just a right? little
1: plug for the D on the you know what I'm broadcast. You know, what I'm <laughs>
0: you know, you have to, come on, man. It's a big course. broadcast, man. Big stuff, <laughs> Come <big> on. Big
1: broadcast. <laughs> yes, of course. Um,
0: but on, on the real, though, yeah, you have to understand why she's into you. Right? Mm-hmm. And I have had experiences where she's not into me for me. She's into me for other things. And yes, is it fun for a little bit when you're younger to to deal with that? Yes. But over time, you're like talking to the short. You're like, what? Like, you're not into me for me. And that's insulting. That's high key insulting. You know what I mean? And I understand, Kyle, why you stop seeing that person. Because clearly his intentions were because of your skin color, not because of who you are. Now, look, everybody's into all type of things. Right. Mm -hmm. But it depends on what type of relationship you want, though. Right. If you're both attracted to each other and you want to have fun casually, then okay, man, you could be into my nose, my ears, my eyebrow. I don't care. We're going to just have a little bit of fun right Mm -hmm. but if you're aiming for something a little more serious more longer term she has to fuck with you for you right right? and the inverse is right that the man has to rock with you for you for who you are let's Mm -hmm. say you were to i don't know lose your skin shade somewhere i don't know is he gonna be around is he gonna hold you down or is it because of only your skin color right is it only because of your ass titties or your face right because those things are fleeting right Mm -hmm. So my thoughts about interracial relationships is that, yes, I do believe it is kind of pushed within modern media, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a bad thing, but for me, I just want to see more Black couples, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah, totally.
0: Um, Because we don't see that enough. And within our culture, I've noticed that Black men and Black women are not Getting together as much as I hope and I wish they do and they did. Why do I say this, man? I used to work at Cineplex, right? Right. I used to work the movies, and uh, you're here in Ottawa, right? Um, I'm actually and... in
1: Toronto. Sorry. I said I'm actually in Toronto.
0: Oh yeah, you're in Toronto, right? With respect. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to see your opinion on this because maybe you might have seen yeah. a similar trend, right? So you're at the movies, right? Usually when people are going to the movies, usually a date night or um, let's say just going with some friends. Right. The amount uh, of interracial couples I used to see at date night, black, white was a lot. And I was like, OK, good. That's cute. That's cute. But I didn't see a lot of black couples. And it just used to piss me off. I don't know, man. I, I get angry. I get triggered about the most random things. So for me, I just seen it. I'm like, yo, what is going on right now? You know what I mean? Because I know there's black couples. I, I've dated black women. I, enjoy, I I prefer black women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, and then I have conversations with my peoples, right? Some of my guys, and I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'm only to white girls, man. That's my shit, man. Or light-skinned shorties. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, what? Some of these girls are just goofy, man. And, they, like, just be smart. Open your eyes to the beautiful black women around you, mm-hmm. right? And don't be... Uh, pedestalizing one type of girl over the other just because of her skin color man who knows she could be one of the worst people you ever met or she could be a great person we are not giving her a chance because she's one color other than that than the other right mm-hmm. so for you in your experience in toronto right such a big city you know what i mean do you see a lot of black couples interracial couples what do you see when you're walking around your day-to-day what what's good talk to me
1: I would say, I mean, I definitely see, I feel like off the top of my head, I feel like I see more interracial couples. Okay. Um, I think, though, it depends, of course, on, like, the places I go. I mean, I don't really go out that much, so, like, there's also that. Like, I'm not necessarily going to establishments where black couples might feel more comfortable going, because, I mean, I... The reality yeah. in Toronto is going out a lot of places, like King West and stuff, like, they're not, they don't want black people there. I'm not saying that, like, it's, it, there's a lot of racism that happens in these these, I, I these places. That. So, like, you know, like, a lot of my friends, being from Burlington, a lot of my friends are fine going out to those places. So I, I always end up with them. And, like, so I, I, I'm i in places where usually you do see more interracial couples than not. That's not saying, like, I, I don't think I can give, like, a perspective on, like, what is becoming more prevalent in society right now just because of that because i i i don't get out enough to be able to do that she's a
0: Um, homebody she's watching Netflix I'm a homebody I'm watching
1: Netflix oh (laughs) she's watching Jeffrey
0: Jeffrey Dahmer
1: (laughs) I got I think I'm on like episode seven of that and I don't want to finish it I'm so grossed out (laughs) Um, no
0: somebody wife this girl up cuddle her man cuddle her while she's (laughs) watching murder serial killer
1: (laughs) 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 um no but I will say okay I saw and of course this isn't you know the basis of reality or whatever but it is just something interesting I was watching a, a TikTok Talk the other day where it was someone from jamaica um and this is poignant because i recently came back from jamaica where like the black love is thriving down there it's beautiful it's great it. um so yeah my first actually the first examples i thought of when he said oh like what couples are you seeing i was like thinking of jamaican couples and i'm like no no, no, no. i i'm in i'm in canada again um so so this tiktok that i watched it was a, a woman from jamaica who commented or was just commenting that like since moving here i think she might be in toronto she was talking about noticing yeah just noticing that there's more black men here that have a preference for white or lighter skinned women as compared to jamaica where it doesn't even matter if those white or lighter skinned women are there they're gonna go for the black woman and i can say this as like me going around with my cousin the whole entire time I get zero attention, which I was totally fine with, like totally fine with. Yeah. But it, 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 it's it's a, a big difference from being in Toronto or in Canada where I like I do get a lot of attention when I go out. Hence also why I don't really like going out a lot. That sounds really conceited, but like it's I, I'm not saying that I'm like the best looking person around. It's just like I, I, I think I take those like stereotypical boxes of like what I think Western society has dictated Is more attractive. Like I am half white. I have. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but like, but it's it's not just like I I, like I'm I'm still I'm black, but I also being half white. My features are slightly more Eurocentric, which means you know. So which means that I would get more attention here because and so so the point that I'm making is and that was kind of made in that video. Um, that I'm still playing around with in my brain. So, you know, if you have any other thoughts on it, please let me know.
0: Yes, I'll tell but, you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it's it's the fact that, like, I, I think that... Well, just like you said, it's it's about environment. For some people, environment dictates what options you have around you. For mm. others, environment might dictate what you're most attracted towards. Or what type of partner you would see as someone who is going to give you status... It sounds really terrible to put it that way, because I don't like to think of relationships that way. Go but deeper. I think there, this is an I, interesting I think,
0: topic. Go deeper.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people that pick their partner based on status. So, I mean, you know, the, the surge started by the Kardashians of, you know, dating black men, and this is somehow turned into society. Everyone wants to suddenly... You know, date just like you said, you gotta watch your back as a black man to make sure that the person who's with you, especially if they're from a different race, is doing so for the right reasons. and and that's because, like there is some sort, I mean, and I'm not dissing white girls who wear Jordans, but white girls, y'all know you're wearing Jordans and taking from Black culture for the clout. Like I say, it, like and it's, it's not dissing. It, it it's actually
0: all the time. Why are you and so they the shoes day? all the
1: time? If you're gonna join in the culture, join the culture.
0: Why are your J's, <laughs> your Air Force Ones? Why are they dirty as fuck right now? They're all white You yeah. <laughs> ain't clean them. They clean uh, them for two months. What?
1: <laughs> what? So it's. Yeah. So, but like that's. I mean, and again, y'all wear whatever you want. If the shoes look cute with your outfit, wear they wear the shoes. But it is my point. It's just like that. Like I think a lot of people are making these decisions, and whether it be me going back to you know social media and how it's kind of given us an impression of um, needing to kind of follow suit to get views and attention and followers and all of that stuff. um, I think it's kind of perpetuated into or not perpetuated into. I think it's kind of seeped into people's dating decisions. So certain people, yeah, might date just based on thinking that, thinking that someone is maybe more attractive, not because they literally are more attractive, but because, you know, they just grew up in an environment where they kind of have unintentionally been brainwashed to think that, like, this is the way that you're supposed to look.
0: Like people dating for clout, right? People dating for a look, right? For an aesthetic, Right.
1: Yes, exactly. And aesthetic. That's it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I I definitely have seen that. And I've low key participated in that. I'll be honest. Right. I'll be real. Yeah. When I was a bit younger. Yeah, of course, I wanted to have the baddest chick on my arm, feeling Mm -hmm. on me, touching on me, dealing with her. Right. Mm -hmm. And that goes to your ego, because uh, I don't know. I'm going to I'm just going to talk from my experience. That's the only thing I can come from. Over time as a male, when you've been, you know, dating or you've been around a little bit, right, you start to realize just because she's beautiful doesn't mean shit. (laughs) You're like, yeah, she's a bad bitch. The ass is looking fat. And I'm saying that the the face, she looks beautiful, annoying the hell out of me. And then you'll see like the most basic shorty and you have a lot of joy with her. But she wouldn't look good on an Instagram Mm -hmm. photo. Or on a Facebook pic, you know what yeah. I mean? And then there, then you're. This is where it happens that you're living for other people, and not for yourself, totally. right? Where the influence of society has made you think, "Oh, this is the one," all right? I'll give you an example. You just talked about it, man. I could never date a Kardashian, ever, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: what would, would I pipe it? Yes, but would I take any of <laughs> them seriously? Absolutely not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely not. So, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of Black men have been put under this delusion that white is better or that lighter is better, which is, in a sense, a form of self-hatred, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Because let's say, let us say, let me give you an example, right? If you truly love yourself and you love your culture and you love your people and you respect yourself, wouldn't you want to replicate yourself or your people? or your culture Mm -hmm. in a sense. That's why I don't have an issue when somebody says that they're white or if they're white or Asian or whatever culture, Spanish, and they say that they exclusively date their own race or they prefer Mm -hmm. to date their own race. I don't take that offensive at all. I get it. I Mm -hmm. fully get it. Because at a certain point, if you really appreciate yourself and you love your people, right? you're going to want to keep that there because they'll understand you more. Give you an mm-hmm. example, right? This podcast, right? Let's say I wasn't Big Steppa and I was like Big Kyle or Big Jason or Big Joshua. Would yeah. we relate to the same level, Kaya? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. Correct. Right? Our lived mm-hmm. experiences are closer because we're melanated, right? Mm-hmm. So to a certain level, Right. You have to love yourself and your people. Right. And you have to have that self-awareness to say, okay, right. Interracial dating is cool. Of course, there's no problem with it. Love is love. Yes, you can meet uh, and fall in love in, you know, any any race. But, you know, ultimately, right. No, nobody is going to understand you as much as your own people. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Like, like, for example, man, conversations about race, conversations about discrimination, conversations about, uh, you know, maybe the nuances of racism within society. Right. Mm-hmm. That another race wouldn't understand, wouldn't even get. Right. The nuances of being a black male or a black woman within society. These are things that, you know, another race would not understand right? Mm -hmm. And then you go deeper, there's nuances within Caribbean culture, right? (laughs) There's nuances within African culture. There's nuances between all kinds of Black folks, and we're not a monolith. goes Mm -hmm. back to the woman king conversation we're talking about, right? So ultimately, I'm not against interracial dating, you know what I'm saying? I have done it before. But what do I prefer? I prefer Black women. I prefer being with Black women on a more serious long-term basis. Now, I think that we sh- that's rooted personally in a lot of introspection I did within myself and also a lot of self-love and respect within myself to see that in order to build something like a family, in order to build something like, um, you know, long-term, a legacy, I mm-hmm. prefer to build that with Black women, right? Mm-hmm. So part of this conversation, right, goes back to the TikTok you were saying, right? Why did the Jamaican woman right be so shocked when she was in Jamaica and saw a lot of black couples? that's the norm there. and then she comes to Canada didn't see a lot. It's probably because the men and women in Jamaica it's just natural that they get together. It's just how it is, right? If I go back home in Rwanda, um you know, there's a, even a preference for darker skin. In, in there, you know? And that's yeah. something maybe you might have noticed as well, because you said you mm-hmm. did your trip in Jamaica and you okay. noticed that. Yo, it, it, and then you come to North America, Western society, and you'll see that darker skin can be demonized heavily, bruh. And so that's like a mind flip, or like a mind mind, a mind effort, bruh. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and then, you know, you go back home, like Rwanda or Jamaica or, 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 or a lot of uh, you know, back home in, in our home countries, you see that Darcy is celebrated to a higher degree, mm-hmm. right? So these are the things that happen within your environment, within your proximity, and uh, these are things that we should be conscious of, right? If you really love yourself, I personally recommend as a Black person to stick with Black folks, but if you find somebody who's cool of another race, go forward, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go do your thing, what what are your yeah. thoughts on this, Kaya? Well, uh, I would say yeah, talk to me.
1: Well, one thing one thing that I do want to bring up, even about my trip to Jamaica, is like I don't I don't really know a lot about the preferences there or anything. So I'm going off that TikTok, going off my experience there, but part of my experience was also, you know, seeing family members who bleach their skin to be lighter too. So these yeah. conversations still do happen at in those places. It just it just looks and feels different and I, I don't That's know enough tough. to free world lose. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't know enough to to talk a, a more on that but that is to say that it's it's not necessarily as simple um as you know in Jamaica specifically you know black people love other darker skinned black people like there's but yeah there's there's more nuance to that um that I can't really get into but I will say like even in like i I agree I agree with what you're saying something that I also thought of is that like a lot of other cultures, not necessarily for white people, but especially in the West, a lot of other cultures encourage staying within their culture and it's not really looked down on. Whereas I think that black people here are kind of encouraged to kind of be um, open-minded in a way that's not necessarily done for other cultures. The other thing that I would say is Interracial dating doesn't mean that you can't, or not interracial dating itself, having an interracial family itself doesn't mean that you are stopping yourself from being able to carry your culture and your values forward. Mm. However, I will say as someone who obviously grew up in that environment, you need to be intentional about it and it's a lot harder to be intentional about it when your partner doesn't have the same cultural background as you because they're not going to weigh it as heavily um now race and these conversations weren't things that like my family was thinking about when i was growing up so i didn't really get a lot of you know i didn't get to spend time with my jamaican culture but also because you know my Mm. dad i mean he was born in england and came here but he came here when he was like like a baby pretty much um so he grew up in oakville in a place that like, you know, they were like of the only black families there. So he didn't really I don't want to say he didn't connect with this culture because that would be putting words in his mouth. And I don't think that's it. But I think that he took for granted that my experience in school was actually very similar to him in the sense of being like an extreme minority. Um, Mm. And I think he assumed that I would have picked up some other cultural things from school only, like, he only realized, like, within the past five years, I think we had a conversation. He was like, oh, my God, you had the same high school experience as me? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, it, it is a choice. Now, like, my grandparents passed away, and we definitely, I learned a lot more as they passed away or during that time um, as my dad was, like, taking care of them about my culture, like, my home, if I go back to my dad's, like, our living room is literally Jamaica-themed, like, it's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that I didn't really have that aspect growing up, because of a lot of other reasons that kind of limited my my presence with my grandparents, who were, like, the main connection to Jamaica, Um, but I, yeah, I I will say, like, it's, I'm an example of someone who didn't really get to learn their culture because of interracial dating, in a sense, Um, but I, I, I don't, I see that more of a product of the times as opposed to you know uh, something that you know you should warn people against moving forward like I I just think that if you are interracial dating and your culture is something that's important to you you need to like establish with your partner how that's going to play a role in your lives in your kids lives and in stuff like that like I think those are conversations that maybe people who get into those relationships don't necessarily think about the importance of but i know a couple people who have been dating interracially not along the lines of being black and white but other other cultures and stuff who like it's pretty much crumbled because they didn't have those conversations and then suddenly it's oh we're getting married in my church no we're getting married in my church okay but if we don't get married in my church then i lose my faith and that's important to me right. and it's like oh shouldn't you guys have talked about this before you put a ring on it
0: like <laughs> you know the, gra- <laughs> the craziest part is i just think about it like this right like i'm randees right if i Mm. if i'm dating around these women right we already know we already know our culture we know everything is going to be seamless we pretty much know how the marriage is gonna go we pretty much know how we're gonna raise our children there might be a bit of nuance but we're already we're already in there we're already like it's gonna go smoother you feel me yeah but let's say i'm dating uh i don't know chinese or japanese girl. There might be a lot of speed, a, a good amount yeah. of speed bumps, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the way I look at interracial dating, right, is even how I look at dating in general, I, I'm thinking more future wise, like I'm not a youngin, like super youngin, no more. So I'm thinking if I am going to date, there has to I think we're the same
1: be- age, right? How old are you?
0: Huh?
1: I said, how old are you? I think we might be around the same age.
0: No, I'm handsome. Uh, a thousand years old, man. Handsome o'clock. Oh, okay. You don't want to <laughs> no. say your
1: age on the podcast. <laughs>
0: I'm twenty seven. I'm twenty seven.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah,
0: cool. Yeah. Um, the, back to the main point is. Um, Sorry. All good. All good. All good. All good. I'm I'm holding it down. I'm trying to. Uh, you are. <laughs> I will say like this, yeah, Like you know. We you get around this age, I, I think personally. Uh, for me, I want to get a little more serious and intentional about, you know, who I'm seeing. Right. So, it, you know, that comes in my mind or children raising families and these things. And you made a great point. You just said, if you're interracially dating. Right. They are cultural overlaps. They are cultural uh, uh, speed bumps to go through. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then hosts to no, bro, we all saw get out. Right. We all saw get out and uh, it doesn't have to be that extreme, but yeah, if you yeah. know meeting the parents of a white person might not go the best, you know what I mean? So, you know, or seeing the parents of another race might not go the best, mm-hmm. but if you're in a similar culture, then it's a lot easier. Right, even uh, between Caribbean and Africans. Cause even it sounds goofy, but sometimes Caribbeans and African people have beef. It's goofy as hell because we're pretty much the same people. But you know what I mean? There can be inter uh inter ethnic beef. You know what I mean? And as an African myself, there's even tribal beef. It's, it's the most idiotic thing. But that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you're being conscious of who you're dating and who you're seeing. When you're younger, you're probably a lot more free with it. And it's mm-hmm. e- these things don't even come to your mind. At least they didn't. Um, but I think that's a great point you made about cultures. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you have any final points before we wrap it up? We done made a, a fire pot. I'm going to say it like this. It's going to be crazy. Hey. Any other points yeah. you want to make, uh, you know, based on our conversation today before I uh, wrap this up?
1: Um, hmm. Any other points? I'm just thinking of, we talked about so much. And I mean, I, I think really, here's my point. This is what I want to leave people with. This is just my encouragement for everyone to just like, sit down and think about stuff. Like, I think like a lot of the the things that we've been talking about and even criticizing are kind of more products of people just kind of like, just jumping into things, jumping onto the bandwagon of, hating Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson, but don't actually listen to or understand anything about what they're doing or saying, you know, people Mm. that are jumping on the bandwagon of like, yay, let's celebrate women. And then like low key, you know, they're slave traders. Like, (laughs) it's, you know, it's just kind of like, like, you know, I I think that there's a lot of good intentions out there, but I think a lot of people are not being thoughtful about their good intentions. So Mm. yeah, my, my, my final point is, Everyone just think about stuff a little bit. Start to question why why you're doing things. Because, you know, if you're not doing that, then, yeah, you might end up in situations that later on down the line you reflect on and you're like, that doesn't make me feel good, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, fantastic point, man. I, I expected us to have a lot more uh, more debate, but we actually agreed on a lot of things. We and we agreed on a lot of stuff. <laughs> really, you know what I'm saying? That's what happens when you have intellectual people who have common sense. You know,
1: and if y'all
0: are not agreeing with us, then uh, you got to check that. You know, you got to check that. You know what I'm saying? But I'll say it like this. (laughs) Uh, You know, yes. Question things. Be willing to question things. And that's what I do here at the big broadcast, man. Interesting conversations, dynamic conversations, black empowerment. We didn't really cover too much sports, but ultimately, right, question things. Our entire podcast was about questioning and going deeper, right? Question the agenda, whatever agenda you might perceive. Question yourself. That's my homework for y'all, man. Question yourself. Be willing to be curious and dig deeper. This has been a big broadcast. Episode 33 with Kaya. We out.
1: Thank you. Hey. Hey.